podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here it is now. We started now. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. And this is Winners and Losers. We're just me and Phil, because Keith got held up with work. Everyone can hear us now, Phil. I don't know what happened there. That is probably my fault, but I'm not going to take all of the... Can they hear us now? You know. Yeah, they can definitely hear Can you hear, hear me? Now. They can definitely hear us now. And they're all saying no sound. Ah, they're, they're all saying no they're, sound. They're a few seconds behind. Someone's going to come in now and say, yeah, the sound. sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch, watch, watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds okay now. Uh, Samuel Messi he says better with no sound. I agree. I absolutely. Yeah, agree. I've, I've used uh, I've used up my gag now, so I can't use it. Look, it just does. I can't uh, do a gag a second time around. <laughs> I have to find the new. Hang on, I have to find the new. Now there's no one down there. I have to no. come back to it. Anyway, here is what is going on. Um, me and Phil did pick a winner and loser each. Keith was meant to host, got held up and walk. So me and Phil are going to do it together. Now, Phil has informed me that last week he done 180 seconds at the end of all the winners and losers we didn't mention, or they didn't mention last week. And he said to me, will we do it this week? I went, yeah. And he went, it might be tough with two. And I went, why? And he goes, well, it was 60 seconds each last week. And I was like, yeah, but it's just divided by two, Phil. We both have 90 seconds each. He was like, oh yeah, that's cool, yeah. And then he went, It'd be really difficult um, with four, though, and I went, what, no, what? it'd be 45 seconds each, Phil. And then we got to five, and we realised five might be difficult. No, it was designed for 60 seconds each, Gavin. You're wrecking it now. It's like there's two people on it, because like, I'm confused. I don't know who's hosting here. <laughs> like, are we just we both just, hosting? We, we, we'll both do it. We'll both do it. All right. Um, right. But anyway. Well, it's uh, an international week, so nobody cares. There's yeah, nobody even listening tonight. Like, yeah. I don't even know how yeah. it happened at the start either. Um, anyway, I'm going to go first. Is that okay? Yeah, what do you think? Oh, I'm growing my beard because it's a race week, so I'm growing my race beard. Right. When did you start? For Aero Gains last night. Last night? Okay. Yeah. You're doing very well. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be growing, but it'll be... Well, no, do you see, you've got the same problem I have now. Do you see that grey that's coming in, mm. right? And what's driving me mad is, I just happened to mention to, to my other half, um, who should remain nameless, but I, I said to her, I said, this thing now, I said, I love my beard, and she goes, I don't. Well, I said, I do. I said, but like, it's getting a bit grey. Every time I grow it, it gets greyer and greyer. And then Instagram is listening. It keeps sending me all these products now. Oh, you know, yeah. like beard, beard uh, color or, or whatever it's called, beard dye. So I think I'm, uh, I might be investing in a bit of beard dye before the Christmas time or else I'll be going, getting a job at Santa Claus just to keep me ticking over for the for the holiday season. Yeah, so I, I've, I've jet black hair, but there is grey going like on everywhere now. Like, you know, when yeah. you get your hair cut down the sides, like, you know, it's yeah, yeah, grey yeah. everywhere now. And, uh, you know. I've I, solved that. I, I kind of ignored it. I've just kind of ignored and went, look, yeah, look, it's not really there. You know, I'm just in complete denial, but look, I'm 41 odd years of age, so it's all right. Great. It's, it's fine. Um, so I'm going to go first with a loser, if that's okay. Um, I'm going to go with Bruno Fernandes. And here's the reason behind it, right? Mm-hmm. I watched Arsenal against United yesterday, okay? Watched it. Decent game. Quality wasn't brilliant in it, but it was a good game to watch. And Bruno Fernandes is the... There was two things in it. First of all, Harry Maguire came on and nobody wanted to pass the ball to him. It was hilarious, right? <laughs> but <coughs> the second thing is... 
Bruno Fernandez is the captain of Manchester United, right? And we've we've seen stuff after the game. Ten Hag mentioning Sancho, Sancho online saying he's basically calling Ten Hag a lawyer and stuff like that. And I was kind of going, "What are all these people up to?" And then I just thought about Bruno Fernandez and his performance yesterday. Honestly, honestly, right? I think he's a really, really, really good footballer, right? Mm-hmm. But he spends more time, and this is genuine. He spends more time looking for free kicks and yellow cards for the opposition than actually playing the game of football. And I don't, like, he went over to take a corner, you see, and they were all like, Bruno, Bruno. And I was like, how? How can you get behind this fella? He's like, his main contribution in games is falling over and shouting at referees. That's what he's actually got to now as the captain of Manchester United. And when they needed someone yesterday to rally them when their legs were going a bit, he was still running around and then just falling over and stuff like that. Like, can you actually believe he's he's captain of Manchester United? Yeah, I can. <coughs> I can. I think it's I think it's symptomatic of everything they've become, right? I th- as I said, I think we we, we struggle because we're all damaged by the Ferguson era for nineteen ninety to two thousand and ten or two thousand eleven or whatever it was, right? I think you and me—that's our age group, and that's what we we have this. Uh, thing in our head. I, I was fortunate enough to grow up and see great Liverpool sides, and then see it get all washed away by him being there. But like, he's 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 emblemat he's emblematic of everything they've become, right? Um, potential, unfulfilled potential, a lot of gesturing. Um, looks like he should be something that would have been in a Ferguson team that would have been amazing and, and thing, but in reality. It's just a show pony on a different day. Just a show pony there, Bill. Don't really know what's going on with the fella at all. He's just not a good footballer, right? But when he it is comes a good footballer. It. No, he's a good technical footballer, right? But he's just yeah. not... When, when I say a good footballer, I'm now conditioned to looking at these robots, these brilliant robots that Guardiola has coached, that Klopp has coached, right? The great the, the, the great teams we've seen in England over the last... Even look at what Arteta has done with some of the players at Arsenal over the last two to three years to get them to a point where they are. Those teams that have been elevated to a much better game, like they are footballers. They're modern-day footballers. What's left is is this idea of... And it's this this mad... And it really is only... Only Chelsea and United at the moment are, are guilty of this is... Still living in the um, FIFA uh, mindset of we'll just buy loads of really great players and eventually a click, right? It just doesn't work anymore because teams are so, all teams are so tactically set up to be able to offset the differences in talent level to a certain respect in in, in the league situations, no matter what league you're in, and the gallant the ta- the talent level they have is no longer tiers above everyone else in the league right so it's not it's not there anymore it's just not at the top like they aren't the psg where they're so far above everyone else or a Bayern munich are so far above absolutely everyone else right in the league that they can just afford to sign all the best lads and they'll just keep they'll just keep winning and just keep turning over you know what i mean but those teams always fail them when they get to the biggest on the biggest stage against the teams that have been not only have the good lads but also have the tactically astute brilliant managers that are behind them as well so when you look at it as, as i said it's it's this is bruno is a perfect captain for manchester united because he is completely emblematic of what that of what united as a football club has become does that make sense yeah, yeah no it, it absolutely makes sense but what i'm and and maybe it's maybe 
him being captain is a knock-on effect of what the club is at the moment. Like, when you think about it, like, you know, you talk about the year we grow up in, and we grow up in an era where, like, I kind of, rem- you know, mid-80s I can remember. And then as soon as the Premier League hits, you know, you just take off like a train, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, it absolutely, you know, puts everything else in the background, really, when when you think of 92 right up to 2012. Do you know what I mean? When they, when they win the last 14, when they win the last title. But, and maybe be, the mayhem that's going on at that club is, and a result of that is this guy is the captain. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're going around, they're, struggling, they're right on the line with FFP, they're trying to, they can't buy someone unless they sell someone, and that was never Manchester United. They just bought, and then they deal with it afterwards. But like I'm looking at that yesterday, and you know, I think United knew their level yesterday. They couldn't go toe to toe with Arsenal, so they sat in and they tried to be good off the ball and tried to hit them on the break, and that's absolutely fine because I think United, in fairness, sometimes do come out and try to play better teams and get absolutely slaughtered. But when I'm watching the day yesterday, it's going into 80, 85, 90 minutes. It ends up being a hundred minutes in the end. And this guy, you know, they've lost centre-halves. Now, we, I know he can't go and play centre-half, but you could see, like, Casemiro was out on his feet because he's literally trying to man a midfield here while Bruno Fernandes tears around the place, throwing himself on the fucking ground and, and just mm-hmm. gesturing at the referee. And I'm like, this is the fucking captain. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't mind if Casemiro was the captain and he's doing his best and this fella just happens to be a really good technical footballer and you just kind of have to live with this bullshit that he comes out with. But he's the captain. Phil, and mm-hmm. and and when we come up, when they come off the pitch yesterday, you know Ten Hag, I don't know if he's under pressure or not. I think I think the whole Glazers thing will 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 push push the pressure away from him for a long time. But you that in that game you want your captain to stand up and you know get the troops going. You know make sure they're all in position. Like that young striker comes on, get, you know help him out. You know, but there was none of that from Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez is like his own sideshow to a football game. You know, he's like the he's like the evil villain, or the the the, the slapstick kind of guy in 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 a, in a TV series. It, it's absolutely mad to watch, and I don't know how United fans maybe they're reprogrammed now into this is what we are. But that captain going out on the pitch and just literally being a, a, a character, his own character in this whole production. Is, is fucking mad, Phil. It's mad, and I don't know how they're not infuriated, boy. But it's everyone else's fault, Gav. Like, from, from the top level down, right, in that club, it's everyone else's fault. And even to the manager, it's everyone else's fault. The lack of responsibility that now exists there, which didn't exist when Ferguson was there, there was the responsibility was on each and every player, and the players knew it, and they had to perform to a certain level. So even when he didn't have the talent that he had, uh, say, in the mid-90s, mid-90s, in terms of the squads he had, they all took responsibility for their actions on the pitch and the, the, to deliver results. Not, there's no responsibility to that club. You see Ten Hag blaming everyone for hit, for not performing on the pitch, right? You see their media puppets like Gary Neville and stuff blaming the owners for the circus that exists around the club. It's the the stadium has fallen down. It's get your scarves out. It's we didn't get enough results. Let's have a protest. Let's and the answer to it now is to spend more money, despite them being the second biggest spenders in the league this in 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 the summertime. Um, so they've spent they haven't spent enough money, but they've spent more money than nearly everyone else. They. It's the player's fault. The manager's not a fault. It's VAR's fault. It's where they draw the lines in VAR's fault. It's the referee's fault. Didn't see the free kicks. It is absolutely everyone else's fault. Bar those people themselves. 
So nobody's taken account, no, no one takes any accountability or responsibility for the results that they are creating. And only they can generate those results. The one thing that's been hard to watch as a Liverpool fan for over last year when we didn't achieve it was there wasn't acceptance as to what they weren't blaming. It wasn't VAR's fault. It wasn't the fixture backlogs fault. It, it wasn't the fact that they, yeah, that they got the 60 plus there, right? Like ultimately, I think again, they're, they're trapped in this cycle. It's a bit like. In American football, you have these teams that are trapped in the in middle mediocrity. They're never bad enough to get the top picks. They're never good enough to win the win the actual thing or challenge. Right? They're a bit trapped in this cycle now, where they're they've never been good enough to win the top end again. They're not going to be bad enough to fall out of it. And as you said, they're probably going to win the matches against teams who are ninth place and below, which would be just enough to keep them in the job. What happened with Solskjaer? They, were, they won the games against the really shy teams and just did enough to keep them in the job. When it all went south with Mourinho, he won the games against the shy teams that did just enough to keep them in the job. Same with Van Gaal, right? So it is, it's this eternal cycle of those managers doing just enough to stay in the job, but never enough to get back to where the fans' expectations are, where the media pundits' expectations are. A club that, that from the Glazers' point of view, is they don't need to win. They need to be in the Champions League. They need to generate the revenue from the Champions League to take the dividends they want out of the club, right? Let's, and that's what it is, to service I mean, the yeah, desk and, and to get to get it out. So they don't need, to, to, from the Glazers' point of view, they don't need to win. From FSG's point of view, and this is this is the truth, they don't need Liverpool to win. From their point of view, once Liverpool is self-sustaining and getting into the Champions League, Liverpool can spend what they want once it's within the budget that's set there. And the Glazers are doing the exact same thing with United. And it's not... It's not great for fans, but they're not interested necessarily in championships and winning. They're interested in the model being self-sustaining and creating the funding that they need to create off the back end of it. So, you know, that's from there. You know, they're caught in this cycle, and I'm delighted um, that the fake shake hasn't signed the club, that hasn't bought the club. That they, uh, your man, I'm um, from the Ineos. Well, the Glazers are on a complete wind because the talk is now they're going to pull the club off the market and because they want ten billion. Well, I, I think Jim Ratcliffe, they were expecting him to come up and match whatever the fake shakes pretend he bid was, right? And he was just like, no, that's what the club is worth. That's what I'm willing to pay. And then he just walked away, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you know he's a United fan? And I'm actually delighted he didn't get it because he's the type of um, owner that could really pump an awful lot of money into it to take them back to where he wants to be because he'd be obviously clearly passionate about putting the money into it in, in terms of what it is. And would, so, and would probably put a structure in place to be successful. Exactly. So when I look at this, when you say to me, yes, from our perspective as to what we expected from that, that club over for such a long period of time, he is nowhere near what should be the, the captain of the team. But ultimately, he's exactly what they, what is the captain of the team. He's, he's the perfect representation of who they are, both on and off the pitch at this moment in time. Um, and fantastic. Long may he continue as captain and long may they continue in their current strives and situations. Yeah, look, I'm, not, I'm not upset about it. I just, when I was watching it yesterday, I was like, I cannot wrap my head around the fact that he's the captain of Manchester United. But having said that, you make a good point. He's he's the perfect face of what is going on at that club. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. Um, right, you're up. Why do you want to go first? Mine is a win right? So right. I flipped I flipped this in the head. What did I say today? I said, right, so my, my yeah. winners of the week was Manchester United, Newcastle, Chelsea, right? All and my losers of the weekend. Yeah, and my losers of the week are Liverpool, Tottenham Hotspur, Arsenal. Arsenal, and West Ham and Brighton. Right. Okay. Right. So, so anyone, anyone that's won this weekend is a loser, and anyone that's lost this weekend is a winner. 
Yeah, and it's not because of what they've done or what's happened on the pitch. Right. It's because of this ridiculously, stupendously stupid international break that they've thrown in. We're on a run of form and building up ahead of steam, right? And this is where I'm getting yeah. to with this one. It's the same with Spurs, the same with West Ham, the same with Arsenal, right? Like Arsenal have just come off an incredibly hard-fought win to get that, that one of the last minute. Look at that momentum. Imagine they were taking it into next week in terms of what they want to do. Look how we reacted from our coming back with two goals at the end of the game to, to going into the Aston Villa game and probably putting on the best performance I've seen is putting on the best part of two years in terms of how we played and how we just completely yeah, dominated you're, Aston Villa. You're amongst a group right. of people that have said that home best home performance they've probably seen in the league in two years. It was that it just had that vibe that when we were we were in full flow, right? We had you look at you look at everything. That the momentum that we're putting in. Look at what, what Postacoglu has done with Spurs and how he has them playing and how well they're playing and that run of form that they're in. Like we, There's more teams on 10 plus points than has been at any stage of the Premier League at yeah, this point. Five, in time. I think. Yeah, it's never happened before, right? So you have these teams who have this immense momentum and momentum is, is a fallacy, but it's not, from a, from a player's perspective, you're going in and you're starting to feel unbeatable. You're starting to feel like the wheels here rolling. We just, we get out there, can't wait for the next game, can't wait for the next game. What happens? No game. No game for two weeks. No game for two weeks. You, you, you go home and you go off to meet up with this, these random fellas from different things that you might have grown up with to play in a competition. They're not really, they're not really random. They, they are um, international teammates. Well, like you've got... On, 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 if you were to judge on the amount of times you see them, they're random. Yeah, right. So that's, from my point of view, random, right? So I'd love, like go, I'd love if they picked the squad, right? And it was just complete randomers turned up. Um, I'd watch like, international football if they done that. Okay, but you won't, Gav, because what's going to happen is they're going to go no, off now. They're, they're going to play. They're going to play games that nobody has any interest in, right? They're going off the on a break that they could lads could pick up knocks and get injured and stuff like that because they have mad training and stuff that's going on. They won't be seen for the best part of ten days back in their own clubs. They'll come back wrecked from all over the world where they've been. They're looking at you're looking at teams now that are literally playing going off to play at championship or worse levels maybe might as well be league of ireland level uh, level of football at this international thing is because it's getting so bad it's like it's just it's just absolutely it's a stocking of manure that you're going off and people don't want to watch it but fifa want to stick on a world cup every seven weeks do you know what i mean nobody 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 wants to go there and so that's why i said the winners of the week are actually the likes of manchester united the likes of newcastle the likes of chelsea yeah, you get a bit of rest boy. Nobody's going to be talking about the fact that Chelsea spent over a billion pounds in the last 11 months, right? Pochettino described that as normal. Yeah, it is is very normal. Uh, Very normal if you're owned by Saudi Arabia. Um, But, like, they've gone off, they've done this, and they haven't won a game since 1963, right? Like, they haven't. They don't even have to win it. They have Enzo Ferrari playing for them, and he's, like, just, he's muck, right? He's... He's more he's more Enzo Fate than he is Enzo Ferrari. He's brutal. Lola right? Ferrari. Lola, Lola Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. yeah, from from Euro Euro whatever Euro it was. Euro, Euro trash back in the back in the day. You've got United. We've just talked about them there, right? What's the best thing for those players? Nobody be paying attention to. It. Nobody be talking about the fact that they sh- they they could have won the game and instead they blew it. It's the complete opposite to what Ferguson was and Fergie time and all that type of stuff. Instead they were they were subject to being battered in the last few minutes, and then you look at Newcastle. 
Like, if I'm Eddie Howe now, I am avoiding the Saudi Arabian embassy for the next two weeks because I'm not going anywhere near that building because I'm not coming back over, right? Like, And you look at it, right? The, this is a team that, that there was some mad people out there were tipping them to go to, to be up challenging for the league this year. Look, somebody's been saying that they've had a great start to the league. How have they had a great start to the league? They made, they're challenging everything for for biggest flop so far of the season. Like, they, honestly, this is a team you can't even blame. Cha- well, you can't blame Stu- Champions League football. Stuart Pearce reckons Newcastle will still win the league. Just to let you know. Okay, fair play. Uh, fair play, Stuart. Um, but then Stuart Pearce was a fantastic manager, and he won so much as a footballer. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's he it may as well be getting Danny Morphy to tell you, give you an opinion in football. But I, I look at it and go, these lads having a fantastic time what do i want when i'm in that run of form when i can't say scare a point to save my life i want the football to stop i want to go away so we don't have to think about it and hopefully some of those teams that we're playing against are like will get injuries so we have an opportunity to do it the saudi arabian lads at chelsea and, and newcastle will be able to sign as many players as they want off the other teams to try weaken them or, try, or just try upset the, the the harmony that's in the squad over the until next until thursday so like, from my point of view gav this is I, I like at some stage. I, I look at somebody's mentioned there. Graven Bear saying, "I'm not going to play for the under twenty ones for Holland because I don't want to." Right? At, at, what's going to happen is players will ultimately decide I'm not playing international football or these games in the international football calendar because I just I don't need to. I just don't need to anymore. We play so many. Look, look at what well, your think, man. What way did he sit at the minute? I think they do one. They do one September. I think do they do one in November then? And then they do one in March. Isn't that right? There's three kind of breaks. Two weeks at a time. Two yeah. weeks at a time. I, I, I said the only way make make international football relevant is scrap all the international breaks and you have all the international football in June at the end of the season. Like it's a World Cup, right? In June into the into the middle of July. Yeah. You play all which the would still there. allow your which would still allow your clubs to probably pick two one week periods where they can say, right, we're splitting our winter break. break over two. Yep. Right, we're gonna do a bit in November here and a little bit in January. And that gives you a rest for the rest of the season and four international yep. games at the end of the season. Um, yep. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm like I'm with you. I think what annoys me is is that qualifiers for a World Cup or qualifiers for a Euro. I'm okay with that, right? But when you look at the amount of groups there is now and the amount of teams that are in these, like I remember years ago, you'd be you'd have seven teams in the group, right? You'd probably have to play ten to twelve games to qualify. And, you know, they were played and, and that was grand. But now, sub, uh, September, November and March during the season, says Emmy. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. But but now, there's so many teams going and so many teams can qualify that you're ending up with groups of five. So you're only playing fucking eight games, right? So why don't you just go, listen, we're not doing one in September. We'll do one in November, which is I think is okay because that's four months, all mm-hmm. of September, four months into a season. We're going to do two games there okay we're going to do two games in march okay and then like you said you finish at the end of may they do the, the second week in june till the f- fourth week in july three weeks you're playing four games and mm. that's 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 20 21 days right yep and you're going to play four so it's a game every five days right and you're going to play them four games and by the second week in july you have a month off Mm-hmm. You have a month off then, and we don't have to worry about international football. And I'm with you because, like, we're meant to. This is meant to be like. And someone said there, it's Europe and, and South America only. But let's be honest about it. Like, the vast majority of players in the Premier League play in, are European or South American. 
Do you know what I mean? There is. There is obviously, there's some from, <coughs> there might be North America, there might be some from Australia, there might be some from Asia. But the vast, vast majority are European or South American. And mm-hmm. The second thing that annoys me is you get a team that will go in and go, oh, we've won qualifier here on Wednesday and then we're playing a fucking, we're playing all man on Saturday then. Do you know, just because there's two weeks off. Yeah. But no, do you know what I mean? There's no reason why you can't turn around and go, right, listen, by the way, the Premier League finishes up on the Sunday. First international game is on Thursday. Second one is on Tuesday and everyone's back by Wednesday. And we, we go again the Premier League Saturday. But if they spread it out all weird... There's games that don't matter. And because of the amount of groups and the reduced amount of teams and groups, I can't see why they can't just go two, two, four there, done. End of story. But now they've, they've mixed everything up with all these fucking European League or whatever, whatever. I don't even know what they call it anymore. And I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's... I'm surprised the clubs actually fucking put up with it now, to be honest with you, Phil. I, I, I'm amazed. Again, it's this idea that... FIFA and UEFA still hold power, right? Um, I think ultimately, at some point, the clubs need... The European Super League was so close, but again, there was money involved to keep some of the clubs back in, and they were sold, they were sold a pup, basically. Look at, wait, you see the absolute hack of what the Champions League is next year, right? Well, um, it's a Super League, just rebranded. I'm sorry, the Swiss Emma model. Cavanagh. No, it's the Swiss model. Emma Cavan says, don't forget the Africans, but they have the Afghan. But, but look, that's even more ridiculous. And Emma Cavanagh says it, Olivier says it as well. <clears throat> they just decided to host a tournament in, in January. And you're like, what the fuck? Oh, it's too warm mm-hmm. in the summer. Do you know what I mean? We'll just play it in a part of Africa that's not too warm in the summer. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like us going, listen, we're going off to um, Russia. Um, we're playing the World Cup in January in Russia. Well, no, you can't. It's too fucking cold. But- Oh, no, well, to be fair, if, if you did try to play the World Cup in Russia at the moment, there wouldn't be many teams torn up. No, but, be all right, fair enough. But it'd be, you know what I mean? Like, it's I don't know how close proper. I really don't feel. No, I, I keep going back to it, right? International football is dead. Right? This, all this is just FIFA's method of trying to retain some level of control over the FAs and giving the FAs some type of cash cow that they can utilise to ensure their own existence. Think about it. The top leagues in the world don't need a football association. The Premier League runs itself. It just nods its head to the FA. The Bundesliga nods its head to the the, the whatever Deutsche Football's Bund. The, the La Liga is its own entity away from the the Spanish Football Federation. Do you know what I mean? Like these leagues exist, and you can bin off the federations and still have the leagues. The leagues aren't going anywhere. Like what are the federations going to do? We're going to set up a rival league. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Who's going to play in it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but if if you like. If you turned around as a league and said, right, listen, we don't want these international breaks. But what we're going to do is we're going to mm-hmm. start in the first weekend in August. Okay? And we're going to be finished by the second weekend in May. Which is absolutely doable. Right? Or the first... The actually, it's actually doable to do it by the last weekend in April. Really. Because if you take out September and um, November and March, that's six weeks of the season. Six weeks of the season where you can't play domestic football. Right? So, you can actually, you could literally turn around and go, listen, we're all going to start on the fourth Saturday in, in August. We're going to finish on the last Saturday in a- April. Our leagues will be done. If you want to do something from the middle of May to the middle of June, that's absolutely fine. Go ahead. All right? Although, and 
people say World Cups are on, but you'd be you'd have been done a year before to qualify for it anyway. And then players are finished by the middle of June. They're fucking finished. And if they're playing in the World Cup, when they get to April, when they get to April, right? They literally have six weeks off before the World Cup. So there's none of this exhaustion. There's none of this. They're absolutely fine. But just I'd I'd get I'd get rid of it. I just get rid of it. There's four like, weeks at the end of the season. We're going to work with you to a certain extent. There's four weeks. Take it or leave it because we're not putting up with this anymore. I, I've been on this show before. I'd make international football under 25 only, right? And I'd scrap federations and FIFA and UEFA, like straight up, right? I'd, I'd, I'd keep, like, clearly there's, there's a desire for national teams to play each other with something that's interesting. But I just, the way it exists at the moment, just, it's, it's completely relevant. Like, honestly, I'd rather see the younger, the, a young national talent that's coming through, given a stage to, to break through, because it's hard to break through with the top clubs as a young player. I know you're going to talk about somebody who's trying to make a breakthrough at the moment, but let's be honest about it. It's, it's really bloody hard. Look at all the teams that have had phenomenal under 20 one teams but because those players don't come through on mass they don't become phenomenal national teams those players did get lost in the great and wash that's just football right because there's only so many teams there's only so many places in those squads and you can only put 11 players on the pitch at the end at the end of every single week and if you've got let's say you've got the top 20 clubs in in europe they're the ones tv's focused on they're the ones that the champions league is focused on they're the ones you see on the television right that's who people want to see so if you have a tournament and you cap international football let's say here's now i'm getting into my big how to rearrange the ball football into a great idea but you make it an under 25 you're allowed to have maybe three players that are over 25 for the purpose of these tour- Olympics. For, yeah for the tournament but for tournament purposes they're not allowed in the qualifiers the qualifiers and everything up to that is under 25 right so if you want the mo salah if you want the Messi, if you want you know um I don't know who's over 25 at the moment, but do you know what I mean? Voyage of if you want them in the tournaments because that brings the eyes to the tournaments, brilliant, all for it, right? But for the qualifying piece to become this window for talent again, because that's what international football was. We've done this on the other podcast. Why the World Cup was brilliant up to 1998 was because football was local. Football's not local anymore. Football's global. All the national, all the domestic leagues are international leagues, right? They're not local leagues. It used to be the best of each country playing against each other in the tournament. And that's what made the World Cup special. And that's what made them different. Now it's just a really crappy version of the Champions League. Let's be honest about it. It's a crappy version of the Champions League because you don't have these teams that are able to pull together their best players and you have these elite teams with everything else. So you're hoping that one or two teams has an elite level of players across all the clubs in Europe to give you something of substance with a manager that can bring them through it. And that very rarely happens. (coughs) I think, I think the, you see, one of the biggest things for me is is that I think there's too much international football, right? And what I mean by that is, is that we're going into this international break now. Ireland will play twice. I think England will play twice, right? And it's all broken up where, like, I can't even remember Ireland's last result, right? I think they're playing France. Um, mm-hmm. They might be away to France this week or next week or whatever. But it actually, it, it, gets, it, it gets lost. You, you see... I've no problem with the Euros. I've no problem with the World Cup. I have got issues with the African nations, right? Because they're literally playing this tournament in the middle of literally every January. major league in the world, right? And, okay, they have their reasons and it's gone on for so long, fine, right? Copa America does the summer and stuff like that. I've no problem with them tournaments. And most of them match up. You know, Copa America is time, they play at the time of Euros um, or they might be a year apart. The World Cup comes. 
But all I'm saying is, if you actually focused, you're you're talking about twenty five, right? If you focused mm-hmm. it and said, "Look, we're going we're going to just do one break here, and then at the end of the season, you're going to play four weeks of your qualifiers." What happens is then people it nearly turns into a mini tournament itself, which keeps people going while domestic football isn't going, and then the domestic season starts and people go, "Do you know what?" By the end of April, there'll be no talk of. Players being exhausted, they'd be no. Oh, he has an injury. Will he make it? Well, he fucking course he'll make it. He's six weeks till the World Cup starts, and players go into that World Cup then in top form, refreshed. You've played it all, but it's all this fucking UEFA league stuff that they just make up on top of it. Then, oh, we're in the final of the UEFA league. I don't even know what it's called. And you're like, oh, England are in the final of that. They're not in the final of it. They're just fucking playing a load of games. They're just ranking them and going. You're in the semis. It's mm-hmm. it's just constant all the time. And if they focused it a bit better, you could actually end up with a league season that was shortened but easier to manage. And you'd end up with a summer or part of each summer where you'd either have a World Cup, right? Then you'd have qualifiers, Euros, qualifiers. But you're getting four weeks of international football. And every summer, it feels like you can watch it and you can be invested in it. But right now, it just feels like, oh, this fucking thing for two weeks. Mm-hmm. For teams that are winning, like you said, for teams that are losing, you're like, thank fuck that's on because now you know I can get out of I can get out of the spotlight for two weeks. It's, I yep. think it's all over the shop. Yeah, it's it's just, and, and to have it this early in the season when seasons have just kicked back off, it's just it's like honest to God, nobody wants it. At some point, the re- crushing realization that nobody wants it comes to pay in television terms because those rights should be put out there. And if it doesn't get an audience, nobody wants to buy the rights. And that's the reality gap. The only thing that, that's going to impact this is, is numbers on a page. And at this point in time, like who who actually wants the rights to international football? I'd be amazed. Maybe Sky, because they're losing the rights to everything else, so they'll probably take it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's... But nobody will be watching them. Like, I don't know anyone who'd want to pay for money. Pay for money. I, I don't understand. I don't think I know anyone who would pay money to any subscription to watch international football. No way. That makes sense. Not a chance. Not a chance. Yep. And it never woke any because you have to remember this is like the Premier League is a certain brand. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the world watches it. And the world watches the World Cup. But the world watches the World Cup because if you go back to what you said a few minutes ago, everyone watched the World Cup A for the brilliant players from around the world. But B, you'll always come across somebody that's gone, never fucking heard of them. What a goal, what a save, what a, whatever. You know what I mean? And yep. People will pay for the Premier League, the League of Trida, but they're not paying for international football. They simply aren't. And I think the reason they don't is because they nearly forget it's on. Because they just keep dropping it in here and people go, I'm not watching that show. I'll just wait till Liverpool come back or United come back or Arsenal or Chelsea. And then when it comes around to the summer, it's like, let's run this Premier League right to this date. And then two weeks time, they're in camp. And two weeks after that, they're playing. You can easily do it where you can actually make it a lot easier for winter breaks. You can make it a lot easier for the Premier League to manage, and other, every other division, to manage their own season and still be able to say to the international side of things, we're still putting one break in in the season and we're definitely doing the four weeks at the end. And mm-hmm. the, and simply because of the amount of teams out there that are going into this and the amount that can qualify, the group size has become smaller, which makes it more manageable to play the games. And But listen... That probably doesn't make them enough money. 
So well, know. me and Steve are trying to figure out what we're going to watch on Saturday after we do all these events because like the the Rugby World Cup is on. Um, when does that then start? Just, uh, Friday. Friday, okay. Or Thursday. This is it's in France. Ireland torn up and get beaten in the quarterfinal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was just yeah. like this, you, you could skip all that stuff and watch the quarterfinal and just watch what happens yeah. and, and see yeah. what goes up. Um, so th- there's that, and then um, but the, the NFL's back this week. That's like for me, that's my my heaven is back. So it's like Sunday evenings are sorted. Red Zone will be on from six o'clock. Just goes right the way through. Perfect format. You know what you're getting year in year out. There's competitiveness right the way through the league, and you've got all these billionaires who run the league and don't let anybody else into it. There'll be no Saudis or nothing going into it. So like the yeah. NFL is back. Bang on, we're all in. Jerry Jones is 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 back. To, is still there, and he's he's having a great time. And and the Glazers are running. The Buccaneers are in bits. Like their stadium is isn't falling apart, but their team is falling apart. So it'd be it's great. Right? There's lots of everyone hopes and and, and I, I can win. The, I think there's plenty of um, NFL fans in this shot as well. Uh, Bertie says yeah. their NFL is back, so he's definitely NFL here. is back, baby. It's a special weekend. Um, NFL is back, so go Giants. Um, as I always yeah. say every year. I was um, I was watching the college ball at the weekend. I think they're getting better. The Giants. I, yeah. I was a very happy man. The college football was on the weekend, and it was just this is this is phenom- phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal the, stuff. I, I I loved it. The college loved football it. is off the charts, yeah. mad, isn't it? Yeah, remember we were doing the watch alongs last year. It was great. There was some yeah, amazing but, but, games this weekend. But, but the thing that but, but the thing about the um the, the college ones as opposed to the NFL. The NFL games are great. Like don't get me wrong, mm. but just the most bizarre stuff happens in that college stuff. Like I remember, and I, well, I know we're going off point, and we get to my winner in a minute. But I remember you telling me, watch this game. You know, I used to say to you, what games I watch? And you put me onto one game one night and we watched it. And one team, I want to say they were like two teams that nearly had the same name, but they were playing against each other. <sighs> could like, have been, Mich- was it Michigan and Michigan State? It could have been something like that, right? But yeah. basically one team were battering the other team. And we're like, no point in watching this either. The other team came back, right, and got ahead. And then the team that were winning handy in the first half had a kick at the end to draw. And your man actually kicked it and it went up. And you know the flag on the top of the post? Yeah, yeah. It hit the fucking flag and went wide. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, my God. And then everyone just rushed on the pitch now. But the college ball is just off the charts mental. Um, Dylan O'Rourke says, says, Phil must be a Colorado fan. No, but I no, actually had... I had an, I'm a Bears fan, but he's talking in the college game. So Colorado oh. was 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 taken over by I won't get into a long thing, but but Deion Sanders, who's prime time, right? So he's now the new head coach of Colorado. He basically told everyone that had a scholarship they were cut. You know that famous Homer Simpson scene in, yeah, yeah. in the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. He told yeah, them all. First day, it's on YouTube. You can go and look at after this. But he was telling everyone in his force meeting, "You aren't all good. None of you are good enough, and you're all getting cut because I'm bringing in my own team." And he went out and he signed forty lads out of the transfer portal in the college game because there is a transfer portal in the court in the college game as well right so all the itks could have a great crack with this because there's thousands of players that any college can sign right um and they were expected to go maybe two and nine or three and seven for the whole season in, in terms of what it was they went out the first match against the finalists in the playoff last year the college football final playoff and bet them 45 42 and his son is quarterback and he threw for um, a, a college rec- his own colorado's college record of over 520 yards incredible stuff scenes all over the shop yeah no it is um, it's a mad game 
It's a magic. I won't even talk, won't even talk about Orban Meyer being caught just off camera having a, having a chat to, to somebody that he shouldn't have been having a chat to ah, while the lads are sitting okay. there. Oshane says, couldn't care about it. Sorry, guys. Um, Oshane's doing a, his impression of him. Um, yeah. Who, who was Shane, last... talking about rugby. <laughs> no, no. There was, there was a lad last night that we were having great, great crack with. I hope he comes back. Colin. Colin. Colin, uh, Colin. But I hope Colin's in the chat or watching. Um, Colin, we were only messing with you genuinely. Um, and I hope you took that as a bit of crack. Um, I'm my winner. Evan Ferguson. Um, he's at Brighton, and the talk is that Brighton are going to look for an, an amazing amount of money if he if he's to leave. Um, there'll be knock-on effects to that to a couple of clubs in Ireland as well because they have to sell on deals for schoolboy stuff and and um, and the League of Ireland team he was with as well. So, <coughs> but he gets a hat trick against Newcastle the weekend. And I know we are banging on about international football there, but um, he feels to me like no matter who you support, you want to see where this fella goes. He's kind of grabbed me like that. Do you know what I mean? Like you see fellas and you kind of go, oh, he's good, yeah, no, he'll get a game for Ireland and he's good. And you kind of go, oh, yeah, fair enough and all. This fella feel just his age, where he plays, he's in the Premier League, he's 18, he's scoring hat-tricks. Um, I'm just so excited by him. I think, I think every football fan um out there has to be well Irish fan I suppose has to be excited by him because um he he looks a real real prospect Phil he really does. Listen, you know, he he seems to be an incredible talent. He's still very very young, right? Um, so I'll preface caution as to where he goes. He ha- seems to have all the tools to to become a. a a phenomenal footballer let's be honest about this right you know he has all the tools there yeah. he's he's delivering in the in the premier league he's delivering for a team that's not a top six team do you know what i mean They're in that tier that's just below it um and i guess the real question mark is going to be what happens when you take him out of the brighton environment and he becomes the figurehead at a club because whoever signs him or whoever brings him in is going to pay a massive amount of money and he's going to have the pressure and the eyes on him in the same way some forwards haven't been able to manage. So straight away, and it's not that his playing style is anywhere near anything like that, right? But you think of a young centre forward who was making a breakthrough in the same way he's done. And it was Andy Carroll at, at Newcastle. He exploded onto the Premier League scene, right? Wayne Had Rooney a huge... is another one that, that's the Wayne... in my mind as well. And, and Rain Rooney for me, I'll, I'll say it, I'll say he, he never, ever delivered on the talent he had. He showed at 17, 18, right? He, he, incredible footballer, did an awful lot, but never truly got to the levels that everyone expected him to get to, right? So I look at Jude Bellingham, when you, when you when, for a comparison there, you look at Jude Bellingham, you look at what he's done, he stepped away from England, he went to Dortmund, he built his, his resume, he built his ability to control games, he built his, his ability to dominate teams, and he's gone to Real Madrid, and he skipped, he has skipped that pressure part of the Premier League where he's an English player. And can you imagine what it'd be like? Like I'd, I'd say, Gerard, I've said it plenty of times in this, phenomenal Liverpool player, one of the best of all time. But he could have been even better. Do you know what I mean? Like, he could have been even better. And I, 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 would, I would love to see Ferguson not go to another Premier League team. I'm going to tell you out straight. I'd love to see him not go to another Premier League team. I'd love to see him go to a Borussia Dortmund. I'd love to see him go somewhere as the next step in, in his football and education. Now, it won't, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no I'm, I'm with you on that because 
Um, he's still so young <coughs> that if he was, if he's, if he stays at Brighton for another year or two, which I don't even think he'll make another year or two, but if he's twenty, there's nothing mm-hmm. to stop him going to a, a Borussia Dortmund or whoever, right? But the fact of the matter is, the money that's being spoken about already is he's basically. I think he's probably putting himself on the map for half a dozen clubs in Europe. Mm-hmm. And there are that half a dozen, I would say, four, possibly five are English. I think um, Real Madrid could do it. Um, and Bayern Munich could possibly do it. But the rest are English. The rest are the likes of Chelsea, United, Man City. You could put Liverpool in there, but Liverpool don't spend a hundred plus million on a player, and that's the sort of money they're talking about. But in, but we talk about like where, where you'd like to see him go and stuff like that. And you're saying he has all the tools and stuff like that. My own my only concern, my only concern is that he's really fucking good at eighteen. He's really good. Mm-hmm. My only concern for him is that if he does make that move to wherever it might be by twenty twenty one, he's born to. And the whole weight of it, like you said, the weight of everything on him, he'd, want, he'd, he'd be expected to play every game. He's still a kid, you know what I mean? He's still grown. And that's my only worry for him. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to him at Liverpool. I don't think anyone would say no to him. But at the same time, looking without the Liverpool tinted glasses on, what's, what's the problem with staying at Brighton for another two seasons or three seasons? He'd be 21 years of age. Now, people might say, oh, well, look, he might be in the best of form then and he mightn't get the movie once. Well, mm-hmm. he might get the movie once and then not be in the form. Do you know what I mean? When you think of, when you think of the, the person rather than the, the, the commodity, I suppose. Um, realistically, though, Phil, he's probably looking at, he's, he's supposedly a Manchester United fan, but he's probably looking at a contract here that would like sell him up for life. Like, like literally a year's wages will sell him up for life. Is there a little bit of a worry with that? So young, especially today, because Rooney is two thousand and four, and he's getting X amount of money. But now it's it's scandalous what they'll pay players. See, look, the only comparison when you look at him because it's, it's the type of striker as well, right? And if he has the talent and he has the skill and he has the ability, he'll make it, right? But like the one that jumps out at me when you look at him in terms of style of play and build and all that type of stuff, Benzema is is my most obvious comparison, and that's huge. And you, do you know what I mean in terms of yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. But he is the one that I look at. Benzema was at Leon, look at, wasn't he? And then yeah, was Leon at, from at, broke through two thousand and five, two thousand and six, and he goes right the way through to twenty twenty two at, at yeah. Real Madrid. Yeah. So he's he's like, but for longevity, even Lewandowski has a longer pathway to get to the top you know what i mean but he goes through and he goes through a number of steps to get there from Borussia to Bayern to before Borussia he's at, at, at whatever clubs he's at so when you look at at, at at Ferguson his his pathway to the top is going to be a lot shorter but to stay at the top is going to be the biggest challenge to him um, and to come through so young there's so few players that have managed to maintain that level into their late 20s, early 30s, right? Look, he's going to be Ireland's number one striker for the best part of 20 years, no matter what happens, right? So even if even if he only gets to 25 and his form drops off, he'll still be leading the line when he's 35 for Ireland, as, as we know, because the talent level is not, is not that deep. But 
for him as a player, you're just so excited to see what he's going to become. And you want him to achieve that. I want to see him, even if it means that he, he's, okay, so, and I don't mean this in, in, in a negative way, but even if he burns out at 25, 26, I want to see him explode massively uh, wherever he goes to, right? Once it's not United or, or Chelsea. Um, and ideally not Spurs either. Um, and Arsenal and sign him. So if, you, if, not, if it's none of them, I want them to explode or whatever club he goes to. But I don't know. There's, there's a natural piece to me that says that, you know, teams like Bayern Munich and even Madrid, or potentially when when Barcelona get taken over by the Saudi Arabians, he, he'll he'll fit that type of profile for the for the type of player that they're they're going to have because he's young, he's going to be he's going to be skilled in what is a very good football and academy in Brighton, if that makes sense in, in terms of top level, and he's going to get the opportunity to play in. In, in the Europa League this year, which is going to put him on a different map yeah. to what you'd expect him to be, what, yeah. to what he'd normally be at. What he's playing, yeah. yeah. And that to me is the, is the big <laughs> difference. I, I just think, I think it's like, like, for me, it has a massive smell of Tottenham Hotspur off him at this moment in time because they sold Harry Kane and they've got money. So it's, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe so, but I think that the money being spoken and <laughs> if this goes 100 million north of 100 million, then it's into wages because mm. no hundred million pound players walking around on hundred and fifty grand a week. It just doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Um, you're doubling that easy. Um, just the way football's gone. But I want to give him a mention because um, I just I, when I seen him scoring like the hat trick at the weekend, my interest in Irish international football is very limited. Um, because I I despise the way they play football. Um, to be quite honest with you, and now the whole Stephen Kenny thing is another argument for another day, but. And I, I, I kind of admire the way he's bringing in younger players and trying to play them, and, and Evan Ferguson's part of that. But I, it would make me kind of go, do you know what, I'm going to watch this just to see him, just to see what he's like, because you're going to have to watch him in Premier League or League Cup games away at fucking horrible games or Europa League, wherever he's in. It's it's all new to him because he's so young. And I think um, I think he's just, I just think it's great to see a striker coming through, an Irish striker coming through where people are going, this fella is a hundred million plus. Mm. I think it's brilliant to see. Um, so, uh, best of luck to him, except when he plays against Liverpool in a couple of weeks. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, he lo- he just looks a serious, serious talent. Um, we're gonna go in a few minutes, but um, winners and losers we haven't mentioned. Um, fast for fast for okay, fast for so so, so hundred eighty seconds on the clock. How does this work? Like, Put hundred eighty seconds on the clock. Oh God, I might be able to even do that. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I can. I'll check now with you. But what way does this work? Do you just throw a winner, say it, tell us why, and we move on, and I pick one? You go for one, I go for one, and we just go until the clock runs out, right? And see if we can cover off nearly everything else that's there. Okay. Right. Okay. And, you're, and, you're, and you're allowed to say, I made a mistake about that last week. He's actually a winner this week. Oh, right. Joe Gomez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Okay. I won't be no, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Thing. I'm just saying. Um, just saying. Right. Okay then. Uh, go on. You go first. Okay. First loser of the week for me is uh, Gary Neville. I just want to re-emphasize the man's a muppet and uh, spend give more money to United so they can be better again. Just he's an absolute embarrassment. How he's still on the television? He should have been removed when Martin Tyler went. And for that reason, Gary Neville is def- was definitely close to my loser of the week. If we didn't have international football, 
Okay. Um, I'm going to give a winner to the referee in Sheffield United against Everton, who sprayed a line on the ground. Sheffield United moved beyond the line. And instead of moving the back, he just sprayed another line in front of him and went, listen, stay where we are. Even though they were now eight yards from the ball instead of ten, Ashley Young was having a breakdown. But I thought, fair play to your referee. Because um, that's made me <laughs> really, really laugh. Go on, you can go. Uh, I'm going for winner of the week is Sergio Ramos for turning down the Saudi Arabian money to go to his um, original club and uh, play on a much reduced wage and fee just because he loves football and doesn't need to go to Saudi Arabia and make a ridiculous amount of money. Okay. Winner for me, uh, Joe Gomez. I'm going to say it. Um, I thought he was excellent at the weekend. <laughs> and listen, this isn't off the back. Of, well, it is a little bit off the back of last week, but he, he come on he come on against Newcastle. Was really I didn't really watch. And, uh, no, I did. I, I seen that bit because there was a, a bit going around about it. Um, but this week, I thought he was absolutely excellent. Bar one slip. Um, I thought he was absolutely excellent again. And to see him back and playing and looking physical as a centre-half. Um, yeah, Joe Gomez, winner of the week. Uh, winners of the week for me as as a person are both the Man United goalkeeper and also Everton midfielder, your man Onana, and also Jordan Pickford. Uh, long may their goalkeeping abilities retain, be retained, and I want to hope to keep it up because they are absolutely dirt. Like I've I, honestly, I've said about Pickford since he came into the league, right? And there's been a thing he is muck, melogen, absolutely terrible, um, and he's still England's number one. And I don't I don't understand what's going on there. He's just he's. Vile. He's vile as a footballer. And your man Onana, your man Onana is just pony. Right. And I, I can't believe they didn't even say to the gay, look, if you pay a five or subs, you can stay and sign him instead. It makes no sense whatsoever. I saw somebody say it's great that he can play football. It was Keith. He said it's fantastic he can play football with his feet, but he can't play, he can't be he can't play in goal. So what's the point? He looks like a fella that they just throw in when your goalkeeper gets sent off, and it's true. But thank God, keep it going. I just hope he doesn't turn up and have a have a great game like Taibi did at Anfield that time. Um that one game that Taibi ever had for United. But he is muck. It's like watching us when we cut at the side all these absolute nobodies to play in goal for us. It's phenomenal. Keep it going, lads. Winners of the week. Uh, Aiden has a good show. He said, Loser of the week, Arsenal fans leaving early. Yeah, a lot of Arsenal fans had left early at one all and to try catch the train, and then they went and scored two more goals. Um, I want I did want to mention Dominic Sobersloy, but we did a massive thing on him last night. Um, mm-hmm. just quickly, what's it, what have you made of him? He's, he's the best number eight that Liverpool have had in the Premier League history. Well, that's not true, but it is. <laughs> it's not. Um, it is. But, no, no. Seriously, what have you made of him? I think he's. I think he's brilliant. I th- I think he's phenomenal. I, th- I genuinely think. I look at him and he knows how to play his position. And it's just. He. This is just. I, I said to Steve. I said enjoy him for the next three to four years because he's going to be sitting at Real Madrid very soon and he's going to be wearing the white Madrid. He has the arrogance and he has the. He just has that bollocks about him which I I, I love and mm-hmm. I, I. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, have I any more? Have I any more? Oh yes, here's one. Jack Santini. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rob this. Uh, winner of the week, the young LFC fan who visited Anfield this week. Um, there was a young lad. I think he might have been from Cavan. And if I've got this wrong, and they're watching, I apologise. But I think his name was Dara. He was from Cavan. Um, um, and it was his first time at Anfield. I think he might be, and I want to say he was a disabled fan, but I could be wrong. Um. But genuinely, he's sitting at Anfield. You'll never walk alone as Belton before the game. And this child is in absolute tears. Like, it's it's like he's having an out-of-body experience. And um, to watch it was unbelievable. I think it might have been um, 
it was it was a charity around Liverpool that done it, and I'm I'm going mad at me something that I don't remember because I've actually watched the video about four times. Um, but yeah, he that lad I think his name is Dara, and I want to say Kevin. And if that's right, he yeah, he's definitely one of the winners of the week for me because it was brilliant to see. The, to be fair, it's been for us as Liverpool fans, it's been a great week. So you're just feeling happy about the whole thing. So it's like I've got loads of winners. Like you could pick Nunes for continuing following up his form from the Newcastle game and taking it in and having a great game. Although he should have scored a hat trick and he didn't score any. And that's what yeah. frustrates me about Nunes the, the most. Um, Mo, that is a red. Mo's a red. Do you know what I mean? And uh, he probably won't be by next weekend. But like at least he, at the moment, we all believe he's a red and he wants to stay. And it's, it's fantastic news. Um, well, can, can I? I meant to think of something that happened a couple of weeks ago, right? But it came up on my timeline today, and I thought it's the best thing ever. It was um, Roy Hodgson having the having the row with uh, some player on the sideline. These couldn't really into him, and I was like, and Roy Hodgson trying to move towards this fella to have a go at him. Um, that's winner of some week. It's probably not this one, but it come up on my yeah, man. this week. What about the, the the fella going after Roy Kane? Like of all the people, like I don't <coughs> understand this. Yeah, and and what's his name? Um, what's the lad? Mika Richards jumping Kane? in. Yeah, like Richards looked like he was about to kill him. Like Roy Kane looked very but Gav, like this is people who don't remember Roy Kane as a footballer because you, I remember Roy Kane coming through a Forest, and when he went in United initially, Roy Kane isn't afraid of anyone. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I've only was, seen a small video, and it looks like Richards has him, and Kane turns and says something to him. You know, so hmm. I don't, I don't know what's going on. You'll hear more, you'll hear more about that. Um, can I just just put one that's not they aren't footballers in, in football teams, but can I just say, um, and I, I. Cannot cannot stand it as 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 a network or anything, but Sky Sports and Sky Sports News, it's appalling. The whole thing, like it's loser of the forever for me, right? It's just atrocious. They have they have YouTube lads on with with dirty runners and everything right now these days. Like they've gotten rid of. They've gotten rid of, of journalists and anyone that has any intelligence or anything about them, right? It is absolutely appalling. I, t- I happened to turn to, to flick it on to see, is this going to be interesting on deadline day? And I was just appalled. I was like, I was actually horrified. And they're, they're running with this mad um, mows off to, to Saudi Arabia. It, it is, it's not even, at this stage, it's so bad. It's not even clickbait. It's like, you know, those, the National Enquirer or something where it used to be UFO spotted over a house and eventually people yeah. just go, ah, yeah. So that's that. That's that mad yeah. fella three doors down the road. My, my favorite bit was when they were like, um, "No, there was a phone call, and they said, look, what about 150 million Liverpool?'" Went, "No, listen, we're not selling them. He's not for sale." He went, "All right, no problem. Listen, we ring you back in a half an hour. We're another one." It was like you know, on winning streak when they ring you to say you got three stairs and you don't answer. I will ring her back in a bit just to let her know she's on next week. But anyway, before we go, um, we can have one more each, and here's my one. Winner of the week is Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans, right, is just wandering around, gets a gets a short term contract at United for the summer to cover, right, and then gets a year deal. And United fans are like, I oh, know he'll just be in the twenty ones, um, a bit like whoever else was in the Tom Huddleston and stuff. And then all of a sudden he just comes on for the last fifteen away at Arsenal, um, four games into the season. It's a hundred percent Johnny Evans is the winner of the week. By the way, a hundred percent. I, I just want to say Johnny Evans is obviously the English version of the Alvaro Morata money laundering scam like I thought the fella retired years ago right he, he came on yesterday for his fourth game for Manchester United in seven years it was seven years since he played his last game 
It's, it's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal game. MC says, yes, I've seen that Phil the Chap was wearing dirty Air Max. This is obviously <laughs> the, the fella on Sky, whoever that was. Um, <coughs> okay, so my last, my, last, my last, last minute of the week, and it's a way to wrap it, is uh, the LFC Day Trippers. Um, okay. People might know in the YouTube chat, but the podcast slap slash YouTube channel is 10 years old tomorrow morning. I released the very first LFC Day Trippers podcast on Tuesday, the 3rd of September, 2013, right? Here we are 10 years later, and still talking rubbish. Is it Tuesday? No, what's it tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow's the 5th, tomorrow's the 5th of, of okay. September, right? But but just in terms of, we recorded on the Monday, released on the Tuesday. It was a long time before saturation of, of, of everyone's podcast and everything like that. I can go into it a whole lot, but yes, for me, that this is the last winner that we tell to go be still going 10 years later and i know i'm nowhere near what it, what it was at that time and everything but yes for me we've got martin kelly martin skirtland we had so much brilliance to talk about now looking back we're talking about zabazuloy McAllister, graven birch you've got the mo salah and stuff like that if I, I, I dare anyone to go back to listen to the first podcast the sound quality is not great but uh yeah very different war back then. We're talking about how Martin. I, 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 I think my very first uh, statement on a podcast at this stage was that I believe that Martin Kelly would end up as good as Paolo Maldini, and I started oh, calling him Martin oh Maldini. God, um, do you know? Um, so we're gonna do a show next week around this, aren't we? Around the anniversary. Oh, book. Do you remember bringing the trippers on tour to Waterford? I do. I was there. I was on stage that that night, and um, by the time it was, we played against Newcastle, it was Jordan the Balotelli. Brendan Rogers area and uh yeah I was very drunk by the time we got to the second half of that podcast yeah, I think, and I think Trev might have been there and Neil Neil was he yeah Neil yeah. was there and Dave yeah. Thomas and me and yeah. Trev yeah, yeah yeah um but look it's uh we're, we're gonna do something next week me and Phil have decided we're gonna do something uh next week with regards to this where we're gonna do winners and losers but we're gonna do winners and losers of the last 10 years yeah yeah so you can you can fill your boots um it's going to be, <laughs> it could be uh, and it's open well, season podcast yeah, guests so, people so anything right yeah so we're gonna try to get a few people on that have been on the podcast over the last 10 years they're gonna pop on um for five minutes to chat around they might give us their winners and losers of the last 10 years and uh, me and phil will discuss it with them they'll hop off we'll take stuff from the chat we'll bring someone else on um <coughs> and we'll probably do an hour and a half um yep. let's be honest we'll probably do an hour and a half but um yeah it's 10 years it's it's a massive milestone in fairness 10 years when you think back how far it was and where Liverpool were at the time so we couldn't let it go without marking it in some way so next Monday 10 p.m bring cans bring all your memories and me and bits gonna, uh yeah and um bring a lawyer probably as well um and we'll help <laughs> And, you might want um, to put a 20 second delay <laughs> yeah fucking an hour and a half delay um but we are going to we're going to chat around the last 10 years of the podcast um of the winners and losers of the last 10 years wherever that might be so god knows what's going to come up all right we're going to try our best not to be um up in court the following day for whatever reason <laughs> um and listen whoever turns up to, to be on it will come on have a chat and Head off, and me and Phil will continue on until probably about half eleven. Talk so um, Monday, exactly. Monday cans next Monday. Um, so there you go. Um, anything else before we go, Phil? Nope, nope. I'm off up now until the weekend. So I'll, hopefully, I'm still alive on Monday to do it. So it'll be be all good. 
Mm. MC says, Gav, a proper three-hour stream. Listen, if it goes three hours, I'm not releasing it as a podcast. Like, I'm just not. We'd, mm. uh, we we have to set it to 90 minutes, right? So what we get in that 90 minutes is great, but when the 90 minutes is up, it's up. And then we're out of here. Um, is the Welsh lad coming to join us? Paul, I think, was his name. That's like a combination of two different people. No, Dave Thomas was the Welsh lad, and Paul Brennan is the fellow you're thinking about. Oh. Paul Brennan won't. Paul Brennan won't come on, right? No. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, Dave Thomas, I I'll have a chat with. Yeah. Uh, Midnight Hawker says it's criminal how this gaff hasn't got a hundred thousand subs. Don't worry about it, Midnight Hawker. We don't. We're not. <laughs> um. Let's be honest. Um. Yeah. So uh, the MC says some people would be on that I never even knew right. the trippers. Brian yeah, O'Halloran, bang on the money. Just, just here cheering at the boards, a la Big Brother back in the noughties. You know yeah, what I mean? And Bertie says, just don't mention Lids, Gav, it's still a horse. Yeah, we have a little syndicate going where we all throw in a few quid every week and we were a Lids goal away from nearly four grand at the weekend. Um, I'm not going to tell you who, who've done the bet, but it was one of the lads that was doing quite well over the last few weeks. Let's, lads, do a quick half hour on Everton before bed, please. Would you? Fuck, I'm not doing no. a half hour on Everton. No. But I am trying to get um, uh, Dave Downey on to talk about Everton because even though he's an Everton fan, he's absolutely bang on Dave is and very, very honest when it comes to Everton. Go and listen to the Blue Room podcast and you'll know about it. Uh, but mm-hmm. Brenzy won't be on next week. Right? Don't ask That's me all week. He won't be on. People go, no. is Brenzy on? No, he won't. And the best story of all time ever about Brenzy is the time he made up the story about Gillan Balagay and the Pralian M&Ms. It is by mm-hmm. far and away the best thing I've ever <laughs> read. It was sensational. The only other one is about Mario Balotelli and the panda. Um, and the panda. But oh, I, don't think, I don't know if we go there. Anyway, that has been it. That has been winners and losers. Thanks to Phil. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Put in your diaries, 10 o'clock next Monday. Um, it's going to be stupid. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. <laughs>